0: So hello, and welcome to the RPG Academy podcast. My name is Michael, and we are here this morning for what we are now calling TTRPG crowdfunding review episode 11. Makes no sense, but we're just going to go with it. Uh, Joining me as always is my co-host Larry. Larry, say hello to everyone. Hi, good morning, everybody. Larry, always a pleasure to have you on the show. And then we have a special guest co-host with us today. Ellen, please say hello to everybody. Hi! So since you're the first time on the show here and everybody already knows us and doesn't care about Larry now, tell us a little bit about yourself so they know (laughs) who you are.
1: I am a big TTRPG nerd. You can find me on Twitter at Ellen underscore Delina, D-A-L-I-N-A. You will often find me talking about new indie TTRPGs that are very exciting to me, which is why Larry reached out to me and was like, Hey, do you want to be on this podcast where we do what you're doing on Twitter? Um, And I was like, yes, absolutely I do. Because I love getting excited about cool things.
0: Again, that's one of the, one of the things the, the tenets of the show, our number one is, of course, if you're having fun, you're doing it right. But the other thing is that we only talk about things we love. So if there's something we don't care about, we just don't talk about it. And mm-hmm. so we try to talk about things that we care about very loud. Uh, so we're very happy to have you with us on the show today. Uh, we're going to just jump into things, and again, there'll be links in the show notes to all the campaigns we cover on whatever platform, and there'll also be links to any of the projects we are personally a part of, um, you know, Twitter handles, all that kind of good stuff. So if anybody wants to find us, you'll make it as easy as possible to do so. Uh, so for my first campaign this week, I'm taking a look at Tessa's Guide to Pickpocketing and Pilfering in 5e. This is on uh, Kickstarter. And this was created by Paul Dean. This is the first uh, campaign they have created. It is their fifth? They have backed 15. Uh, it is currently already funded. It's about 182% last time I checked. That's only like $500 and something. Dollars. It had a very small, reasonable goal. Um, as of recording, it should have like 27 days left. So my plan is to get this out either later today or tomorrow. So plenty of time to go back and take a look at it. And essentially what this is, it is a guide of over 600 items, spread across nine different D100 charts of things that you might steal. So if you are someone who's playing a rogue that likes to go into the town and steal things from commoners, or maybe you want to plan a heist and bring into a museum, or you're, you're invited to the Royal Gala, and while everyone else is role-playing and trying to keep the barbarian from eating all the shrimp without using the shrimp fork, and you decide to go upstairs and see what the royals have in their um, bedroom and all that kind of good stuff, here's some handy-dandy charts that your DM can use to make this a little bit more interesting and not have to come up with things on the fly. I know as a DM... I want my rogue players to have that type of fun, but I'm often not prepared for it. So this seemed like a pretty cool, small type of uh, product that I think would be actually be very useful at the table. Uh, each chart is kind of like a different either person, place, or area that the, the rogue might be pilfering from. It includes things called the village, the city, the outlands, the monastery, the artificers, the royals, the necromancers, the wizards, and the infernal. There is currently one stretch goal that they're trying to get to, is which is at $2,500, so it's quite a ways away from that, which would introduce the library, and it would be a list of different books that someone might be able to steal as well. I think that's very cool. Uh, it's pretty small Kickstarter. It's $5, get you the PDF, and there's actually... An early bird price, I don't see this very often on Kickstarters anymore, but there's still some of those left, because even though they funded, they didn't, ha- they didn't have as many people go for that When It looks like some people just went for the regular $9 price, even though the $5 was available. So basically $5 or $9 will get you the PDF. Uh, at $16, you can help design an item that would be included in uh, one of the charts, but it doesn't look like there is a print option. So these are all digital only and it's scheduled to be released on July of this year. So, pretty small, compact. I think it's a pretty good first Kickstarter campaign. I don't think this person is really setting themselves up for failure. Um, so yeah, I thought it was kind of a fun thing. Either of you have any questions about this one?
2: It's it reminds me of that one you I think you brought was it last episode you brought the little living spell things where you get a good bit of stuff and it's not expensive. And that's no. something, unless you've got a table prepared, you know. I pick his pocket, and you're like, oh, geez, okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, that's me. I, I love for my rogues to do that, but I'm, like I said, I'm woefully unprepared most of the time. So this seemed like a very simple but helpful tool. Uh, and again, for a first Kickstarter, I think this person's coming at it pretty reasonable. So I'm excited that it doesn't have like a thousand different stretch goals and they're adding much different weird stuff. This is something. Again, first time, so who knows if it's actually done or not, but it seems like this is pretty much ready to go as soon as the campaign ends.
1: And I'm looking at the page as you were talking, and the thing that stands out to me is the quest seeds. So it looks Mm. like some of the items have quests associated with them, so if they steal from the wrong person or the right person, depending. Right, Uh, there might be an adventure associated with it. So that's really cool. Um, I think that's a cool little uh, idea, and you have convinced me to take a look at it. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Well, that's what
0: we're here to do. All right, Larry, if you don't mind, sir, what is your first campaign this week?
2: The first one I would like to bring is Dungeon Crawl Classics Tome of Adventure Volume 1. And this one is funding on uh, Indiegogo. Um, this is not one they, this is, uh, I think pretty fresh for them as far as how their funding goes. And they don't have a history of how many uh, they've done here, but this is done by Goodman Games, most well known probably for your DCC Dungeon Crawl Classics and, and Mutant Crawl Classics. And then, of course, they've, you know, recently been doing the, uh, going back and revisiting the old Dungeons and Dragons and then bringing them up for, you know, fifth edition, uh, with their, with their classics retold things. But um, anyway, sorry, uh, this one is being headed up by Michael Curtis and he's got a little video at the beginning uh, to tell you about the project. And um, what they're really doing here is these are going to be taking the first seven DCC modules uh, that were ever come, that they came out with. This is going to be packaging them together. Uh, hopefully with new art. Uh, that was one of their little goals that they had mentioned. If they bring enough uh, money and they wanted to go ahead and, and, put in some new art here for um, Doug Kovacs was doing a good bit of it, but they're going to package everything together here. The first seven adventures and they've got a listing of them here. Uh, Price wise, it's going to work out for you. It's a good deal. But the the idea behind it is they say they're going to be going out of print. And instead of trying to figure which ones to reprint, they just wanted to create a volume, put them all in there and get all this early stuff sort of back into circulation. Um, especially if anybody's coming into DCC now and wants to get a good look, uh, this would be a great jumping in point. Because um, the way their goals are set up here, excuse me, not the goals, but the, the, the perks as far as Indiegogo is, if you want to get the PDF version here, you get the complete tome, and it's $25 and expected to be ready in October. If you want to get the PDF version along with the print version, it's $40, which is, uh, they're saying is going to save you about 10 bucks off of a retail price here. Uh, again, it's uh, supposed to be ready to ship in October as well. So if you would get both, you know, you'll get your PDF as soon as it's Available and then shipping will be determined you know closer to uh, when it's finished then, but looking at all the prices for your seven different modules, uh, if you would purchase them individually now, you're looking at forty nine bucks just for the PDFs and uh, about seventy dollars if you would order the print and PDF versions so if those are some you know interesting things to you, you'd be saving money if you wanted to go in on this. Uh, and it's got, like I said, seven different modules, and they range from a zero-level funnel, which is kind of DCC seemed to popularize that. And this one is the uh, Sailors on the Starless Sea, uh, I'll, seems to be one of the most popular entry-level, level zero uh adventures for the game. Uh, and like I said, it was one of the earlier ones. So it's included here. They've got level one adventures, uh, a couple level two adventures, level three, four, and five. So across your different seven adventures they they only go to level 10 as far as DCC characters. So you're covering most of at least uh, 70% of the character levels here uh, or 60%. So you get a lot of coverage and they do go through and tell you about e- each individual adventure, um, you can go through and, and, and look at those if you're interested in it. But it goes through uh, DCC number 66 up through 72, and they're numbering. You know, they get into some decimals here and there. But for the most part, you get your seven adventures, and it looks, to me, it looks great. Um, again, this is going to be delivered around October uh, of this year for the hardcover. They have a goal of 2,000. They're currently close to point. Eight thousand. I guess that's a strange way to say that. So sixty-eight hundred dollars. Um, so they've you know went ahead and and went over that goal. I, I'm I'm in just because I like I, I I don't have all of these adventures. I have a couple, and I'm gonna um, I'd like I like this uh, the way they've put it together. It looks great, and again they're gonna have some more art, redo some art, because you know, they they've passed over their their funding goal. So. Uh, That's it, really, as far as this one goes. Just if you're looking to get into DCC, this would be something to really give you a good bit of bang uh, for your buck on this one.
0: Yeah, I uh, this is one of the ones that I probably would have covered if you hadn't already claimed it. Um, I don't play a lot of DCC, but I've I've mentioned on our podcast in previous, probably the most fun I've ever had at Gen Con. (laughs) was the first time i ever played dcc i absolutely it was just it's such a memorable adventure i never played it before i didn't really know anything about it the dm was amazing pretty sure i could have bought weed off of him if i wanted to i didn't but <laughs> he had that vibe <laughs> And then also the worst game, or one of the worst games I've ever played was also DCC. So I have sort of a love-hate relationship with it, but it's a really fun one-shot type of game. I don't know that I would ever want to really play an extended campaign, maybe with the right DM, maybe the guy who I could buy weed from maybe would do a good job. But this is something I would have a lot of fun, again, wanting to maybe do a one-shot, maybe something for the podcast sometimes. So this is one I haven't backed it yet, but I am considering it. Ellen, do you have anything on this? Do you have any history of DCC?
1: I have no history with DCC at all, so this is completely new to me and it's very intriguing. Um, so I will have to do a little more research, um, <laughs> uh, but it's very interesting.
2: Well, if you are interested, if you go to Goodman Games' home, uh, homepage there, you can take a look at all the uh, individual adventures that they list, and it gives you a complete breakdown. If you were to purchase them separately, you can look at uh, and see what, what the gist of the adventure is, what the level is, and they also offer a free downloadable you know, starter-type rules for your DCC if you would like to give it a shot sometime. I highly
0: encourage you to at least look into it. I, th- I think it's a very fun system for one-shots. All right. Excellent, Larry. Thank you, as always, for bringing this to our attention. All right. And then, Ellen, what is your first campaign this
1: week? My first campaign is something that I have been waiting for for literal years. Uh, I'm a very big Savage Worlds uh, person, and um, they uh, were porting the old Savage Worlds Companion series of books to the newest edition, uh, Savage Worlds Adventure Edition. And the latest is the Fantasy Companion. And I run a lot of Savage Worlds fantasy games. Uh, for those who aren't aware, Savage Worlds is a um, settingless system. Like you can use it for um, any kind of game you want to run, from sci-fi to fantasy to vampire hunting, anything you want to do. And the Fantasy Companion gives you all kinds of tools for running your fantasy games. And I'm incredibly excited about it because this new edition of it looks like it's a lot bigger and more robust than the previous edition of the Fantasy Companion. So, um, it has all kinds of edges and hindrances. For those who might have backed the Savage um, Pathfinder uh, campaign, these edges will differ in that they're not class edges. They meet the regular like requirement system of the normal Savage Worlds uh, edges. Um, there's all kinds of new magic, ritual magic. Uh, new arcane backgrounds like alchemist, droid, bard, illusionist. Uh, the thing I'm most excited for because I'm a huge loot goblin is uh, items, magic items. Uh, that is the thing I got the most mileage out of the last Fantasy Companion. Just the plethora of magic items in the book that you can either adapt or just pull directly for your own game. Um, so there's some, a couple new things like strongholds. Um, they have setting rules too. Where did I see that? Uh, That can help you adapt or recreate the, like, worlds of your favorite branded properties. Like, Mm, the examples they give are Lord of the Rings, Game of Thrones, Conan, The Witcher, stuff like that. So, um, you can obviously create your own setting, um, and that is greatly encouraged. Uh, but if you are interested in, um, playing in, in an established setting, uh, they give you the tools to do that. So, um... Uh, this is funding on uh, Peg Pinnacle's uh, site itself. They are doing it themselves. They have had a number of Kickstarters very successful on Kickstarter, but I think the issue they've run into is there's only a certain number of active Kickstarters you can have at the, like running at the same time. Mm. So while they are still trying to fulfill some of the other ones that have been successfully funded, they needed another way to do it. So they're doing it on their own site. Uh, the campaign ends... On April 26th, so you have plenty of time. Oh, the funding goal was met, like, instantly. It was $5,000. When I wrote this down, it was at $56,000. It's probably more than that now. Notable such goals, uh, I think they just met it. 60000 would be ally and adversary cards. Cool thing that they do is uh, they print out little cards um, for NPCs that are, like, very quick stat blocks that you can just pull for, like, archetypes that you would have in a Mm. game. So, like, if you need a quick bandit or you need a quick vampire or whatever, they have these little handy cards. Um, And then at 70000 they have a new adventure. So I'm hoping we get to that level because I would love to see an adventure added to the book. Um, In terms of uh, pledges, uh, it's $30 for digital, and that gets you uh, the PDF as well as the um, archetypes. So they always add archetypes to any of their books, um, which are just like quick uh, pre-gen characters that a uh, player could pick up and use without having to roll up a new character on their own. Mm. Um, And then it's $50 for print, gets you the same things except in print, and then it's $100 for all-inclusive print, which was the level I went for because I am obsessive and need to get everything when I back a campaign.
0: (laughs) Totally understandable, and uh, I feel your
1: pain there. I, yeah. I have several that I went
0: all in on that I'm like, I kind of regret it, but at the same time, I I wouldn't either. I don't back it at all, or I gotta go all in.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's that's the blessing and the curse.
0: Yep, absolutely. Uh, <laughs>
1: um, the their expected delivery date. Um, they what they do with their kickstarters is they put out the digital. Um, Mostly, it's like almost ready-to-print version, and they give the community the chance to make feedback on anything that might need a little more tweaking, and then they put that in the um, two-print version, and they are looking to get the physical copies delivered in about five months after the campaign ends, so about September. Mm -hmm. So that's not too bad. That's a pretty short turnaround. Some of the other ones um, have been longer just because they are a bigger endeavor, like Savage Pathfinder took a... Significantly longer
0: because it had more adventure to it. Right, right. Yeah, i somewhat similar to DCC. I uh, every time I've ever played Savage Worlds, had a blast. Absolutely loved it. Um, I backed their Kickstarter they did for the new updated adventure. I guess is that the new rules? Like they redid the whole rules. I think it's called the Adventure Edition. edition. Wait, yeah. Adventure yeah. Edition, so, yeah. so I have all of that. Uh, I did the, the all Kickstarter for that, and I very rarely ever play it. I think I, I did run a, a ETU east texas university like one shot i had again had a ton of fun with it it's just one of those things that it's like yeah i should play that and when i do i have fun but it just doesn't come up as much as it probably should Uh, i am a kind of a fantasy person like fantasy is my number one genre when it comes to role-playing games superheroes is second for me and so this is like a no-brainer i probably should back this but i just know that i don't I, it won't get the use it deserves, and I don't have as much money as I wish I had, but uh, maybe yeah. maybe at the, at the end we do a little game, because I, well, I don't know if you're familiar with that. We'll get to it in a little bit, but maybe.
2: Uh, Larry, do you have any history with uh, Savage Worlds? Well, similar to you, I've only played maybe three games. I've never tried to run it yet, but I've uh, played, and yes, the system is fast. Uh, It seems to be fun, and it's fairly furious. But Mm -hmm. uh, the adventures, uh, I mean, it handled... I played in a fantasy game, it handled that well. I played in a Deadlands game, it handled the Old West with some spookiness. It handles that well. So as far as a generic system goes it's wide enough to handle so many things and then like i think ellen you mentioned with their their books that come out and here's setting information so now it it focuses down and you have all these specifics for that particular genre and it's like they really do a good job of putting out things like this companion here that's going to make your fantasy worlds oh it, yeah there's a rule for that or at least a guideline for that like you said mm-hmm. with castles and downtime and things so they they do such a good job on taking a wide system and then n- narrowing it down to to really focus on a genre like this. So, yeah, it's it's going to be good.
0: And then I want to note, I think it's Car- – is it Kiesler, Kessler, Carl Kessler? Uh, Kessler know- yeah. Kiesler, mm-hmm. no, he did the layout. I had a chance to play in a game he ran. He's, like, in my world, Twitter famous for the production quality he puts into the games he runs. And we did, like, a I think it was Goonies meets Ghostbusters game. I think it was either Origins or Gen Con. And, I mean, he's, he's – don't even pass at level 11. He's at like 12 on the amount of quality he puts into the games he runs. So I just, it's awesome to see that he's actually been tapped to do the layout for this because I can't imagine someone that would be more passionate or do a better job. So good on you, Carl. I'm sure he has no idea who the hell I am. But still. <laughs>
1: That was really cool for me to see, actually, because I was fortunate enough last year, maybe the year before, to do a spot on the wild die with him. Mm. And so that was really cool to interact with him. Um, And so it's cool to see that he is getting involved at the actual um, peg ink level. So very cool. All right.
0: So my second campaign this time is called Age of Ancients Like Rats. So quick note, this is being produced by a company called Two Kings Games. And I know, I'm not friends, but I'm an acquaintance with at least one of the kings mentioned. Uh, Randy, uh, he comes to a catacon every year. I run into him at CincyCon and Lexicon all the time. Um, I'm Twitter friends, I'm Facebook friends with the person. But again, I don't know if they could pick me out of a lineup if I assaulted them or not. But I feel like I just, full disclosure, I do kind of know this person. Uh, This is the second that they have created. uh, They have backed 82 on Kickstarter. Their previous campaign was their first, obviously, again, Kickstarter campaign. It was for a product called The Legend of Gim Crack Jack, which was... um, post it basically it was presented as an rpg family adventure so it's designed for like little kids so parents or guardians could run the game with their kids and kind of get them introduced so it's like all the characters in that were little folks like halflings gnomes and then i think even like beast folk like rabbit folk and rat folk so basically you're playing like a little person in the game to help you know again kids get it sort of like feel like they're part of the game or something i don't quite know uh it does look like it was fulfilled but it was fulfilled quite late which, again, I don't think is too surprising for the first time on Kickstarter. Uh, though I will note, they apparently, again, I got into the comment section on this one, and apparently for their international backers, they, like, way overstated the value of what they had sent, which caused some people internationally to have to pay, like, a ridiculous amount of taxes because the taxes are calculated based on the value. So, they like, it was, like, wild how they overestimated their value of their of their books and then i saw that they came back and apologized they didn't realize what they were doing and they offered to refund the people who had to pay taxes so they made a mistake for again first kickstarter probably not um unusual but they did at least try to make it right i don't see if the person actually accepted their offer or not but i feel like that's still a good faith effort they messed up but they're willing to make it right and that makes me feel better about supporting their next uh campaign So this um, project is currently forty four percent funded. So it's about a hundred or excuse me, a thousand. Start eleven hundred. That's the words I'm looking for. Eleven hundred on a goal of twenty five hundred. There's about twenty five days to go as of recording. This is a level one to five adventure that is compatible with both D and D five E and Pathfinder one and two E. So if you back at the digital level, you will get all three rule sets. If you back at the printed and digital level, you get the digital for all three, and then you'll get a soft cover version of just for the rule set that you want. Uh, So sort of the blurb for the adventure is the PCs find themselves trapped in Valhalla. sure. In an inexplicable and catastrophic flood that threatens to swallow the city with the world thrown into chaos, the Jarls seize the opportunity to eliminate their foes for good. Power-hungry, they ignore the feelings of rebellion, slowly gaining a foothold with the people under the leadership of a mysterious figure known as the Rat, who threatens to overthrow the ruling class. Can the PCs help restore order among the paranoid and scheming Jarls while uncovering the machinations of the Rat and its followers before the city gets ripped apart? Or will they, too, be swept away by the waters of change? I'll admit, that's a pretty good blurb. Like, I actually, like, there's a lot in there that excites me as a DM. I could see me having some fun running that type of game. Uh, it's only $12 for a PDF of all three rule sets. And then $25 gets you the PDF of all three and then the soft cover printed of the one rule set of your choice. Obviously, shipping would be charged later. They have some weird stretch goals, in my, or not stretch goals, but add-ons, in my opinion. They have um, a bunch of themed dice sets that are being provided by Total Party Kill Games, which I'm not familiar with. And so basically, for $50 more, so 75 total, you get one of those sets of dice. So basically, you're paying 50 bucks for a, a set of dice. That seems a lot to me, but again, I'm not really too interested in that, but they're, they are are on there if you're interested. So I think there's like seven different themed dice sets. You get your choice of them. There's some like really high, like stupid level, 600 you know, $1,000 pledge levels, which you probably get all of those. They also, with the $75 level, you get some uh, PDFs of maps that are included. Estimated delivery is September of this year. But again, based on the last Kickstarter campaign, wouldn't count on that necessarily. All right. So Larry or Ellen, either of you have any thoughts or comments on this one?
2: This has a lot of those. Uh, what'd you call them before? Angel levels, where if somebody wants to throw a lot of money at this project, they they give you the opportunity for sure. Mm-hmm. But it yep. seems like at twenty five dollars for the print Viking, I mean that that sounds pretty reasonable to me because you're well plus shipping, of course. But you know, especially with getting the three versions on. Um, Uh, PDF, that's really nice if you want to try out different systems with your group.
0: Yeah, I completely, I think $12, just in general, $12 for a PDF of this is very reasonable. And then to get all three versions, if you are someone who's thinking about trying to create content, I just think from a standpoint of like trying to figure out what they have done, like what are the differences of the three levels, it would just be an interesting thought experiment to like look at them side by side and seeing, compare and contrast them, I think. Uh, for someone who is interested in that,
1: yeah, I I agree. The um, thing that seems coolest to me is the fact that it works in um, two systems and t- two editions of you know Pathfinder, so that's really cool. Also, you piqued my interest when you said like uh, you get to play as like beast Folk people. Uh, so that was always, in the that was in oh, the that earlier one. one.
0: Gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. I I don't know possibly in this one. but I just know that the first one that was like one of the selling points Gotcha. is all the different little folk that you could play. Okay.
2: The maps look great, too, at least the ones they show you there that's a really nice looking map to be honest
0: and one of the like stupid levels that you can pledge at is uh they hired someone to do their cover, and you can get like an oil painting version of the cover uh, again what i I call them stupid levels i they may not be to other people, but to me I call those like when it's like five hundred dollars to back something I call that a stupid level, uh, but it's there, so if somebody wants a cool oil painting and to help this campaign immediately fund I think it's like a thousand dollars for that or something like that so you know knock yourself out
1: yeah again if I had the money right (laughs) right yeah I was looking at that and that's I mean pricing for oil paintings that's not horrible but still that's like that's a really cool concept if you're very devoted to the project so that's a that's creative definitely all right Larry what you got for us for your number two project this week
2: well they're not reaching as as high in the sky for for your money on that as that one but uh This one is on the GameFound platform, and it is Improv for Gamers, 2nd Edition. This is being uh, done by Evil Hat Productions. Uh I happen to have gotten the 1st Edition sometime in the last year or so, because improv in my games is something that I struggle with, and I'm always feeling unprepared. So I was hoping to get some, some tips and things from the 1st Edition, which I thought did a really nice job about that. But on to this project here. Currently, it's sitting at $11,500. It's 77%. They have a goal of $15,000. Uh, it's going to be open for another 25 days. So May 5th, uh, get in and take a look at this one and pledge on it, if you like, before May 5th. Uh, they've got 15 uh, pro- crowdfunding projects that they were uh, m- had mentioned to completion. That was uh, through Evil Hat. Most of those were uh, down on the Kickstarter platform, though. They do have a mention here. Once they hit their goal of 15,000, they've got two, uh, stretch goals that are coming up. The, the first is that they want to put a bookmark in. And the second one is going to be bonus pay for their contributors, for the writers, artists, editors. Everybody's going to get a bonus, I guess, depending on what their final funding goal is here. Uh, but everything has been done. It's in the layout stage now at this point. Everything's been written, put together. Like I mentioned, this is the second edition here. So she, Karen Twelves put out her first edition uh, back in 2018. She found so many things after the book was already out that she thought I'd need to do a second edition, and that is what this one's for. They've got a bunch of additional contributing um, authors on here, and there is a list uh, at the end here. There are many in here. Some you've heard of, I'm sure, and some I was uh, a little bit... uh, curious about Jason Morningstar, Senda Lindau, Brandon Wentz. A lot of those folks are known for um, your right up this alley. You know, not sitting here with a very rigid system, but we're here to play a game and we'll see where it goes. This uh, project here, you can get in for $15 at the PDF level and uh, $25 on the hardcover. And every pledge level involves, not involves, but gives you uh, the ability to get some print on demand copy of the book through DriveThruRPG. You can also order uh, at cost the print on demand version of some cards that are along through, along with this and these also these all go with part of the exercises that they have in here. Most of them uh, are very specific depending on what you want to accomplish. So if you're getting a group together that you want to just sort of loosen things up, they've got uh, a lot of different exercises for getting your group to play off of each other for getting your group to start small and do descriptions and pass things or pass the baton as it were, or the talking stick around. Uh, if if you want to go ahead and start, you know, in a session zero, or if your group's, you know, sort of stiff. And if you've got time to go through this sort of thing and really let your, your players, uh, you know, expand, there's a lot of really good ideas in here the second edition incorporates what she said she's learned through online play too because shortly after this book came out we had our our lockdowns and there were a lot of things included in the second edition uh, roughly f- the book's about 50% bigger uh, according to uh, what the author was saying and a lot of this focuses specifically on doing things online you know like we're doing with a zoom or something like that where you're you're talking to somebody and you're passing again passing the talking stick around and having people react and play off of each other, exercises like that. And you can um, also, it's been uh, built up not just for play, but there are sections in here devoted to doing this if you're at a, at a work conference and you're wanting to do some team building and things like that. So it's sp- very specific to different places. So it, it is multi-use there, not just for entertainment, but you know for, for team building and, and some other things like that they also or she also was very specific about going back through and a lot of the exercises had people that would be getting up and down whenever it was your turn to do things and she said she went through specifically with mobility type of uh, of issues and tried to get some accessibility folks to help her smooth things out so let's say if you've got some players that have issues you know it's up and down is difficult or maybe impossible there's workarounds for everything, and a lot of that's just been plain eliminated so that it's it's not even brought up as an issue. So the second edition here is uh, expanded and smoothed out, and um, again, it, there's a lot of tools in here. Some are very simple for basic improv stuff, and then you can take them up different levels if you want to get more and more into it. It, it goes. It, you can start at the yes and and continue to go up for building your characters, collaborative storytelling... Uh, there's just a lot, a lot into it. The first one was a good, a good, really good start. And it sounds like this one's going to be even better. Um, did mention the pledge levels. Uh, the delivery date is October of uh, this year of 22. And there's also a, an ad as an add on, you can get the roll 20 version, which is going to allow you to use the roll 20 platform to, to sort of show everybody the exercises and work through them together. Uh, you can also get workbooks, um, retailer packages they're, they're, it's it's a nice uh i think it's a really nice way to get into adding more improv to your games and maybe to you know just hanging out with your buddies or your folks at work at lunchtime
0: i as someone who tries to like teach other people how to run games and play games through our podcasts and such that is one of the things that we struggle with because it's kind of hard to teach people how to improv it's like kind of something you just gotta gotta do and then you'll get better at it so any any program, book, you know, uh, workbook sort of thing that can maybe make that easier and make it more focused on, on the learning environment, I think is very positive. And I would note that several of those contributors are people that I would consider friends of the show, uh, send out specifically or send us, sorry, uh, specifically. And then Acer and Megan are both people I've had on the show multiple times and I'm very friendly with. So anything that helps support what they do, uh, I would be a fan of plus again, I think they are great at what they do. So I, I would feel confident that the, if they are con- contributing then this is a product worth having
1: and I will just say I have the first edition over on the other side of this room that I am sitting in currently so I didn't know they were doing a second edition I'm very interested in this and can't wait to dig in deeper with this and the fact that they have um updated it for you know the prevalence of online gaming now most if not all of my games are online so that Mm -hmm. is very um very helpful
0: yeah, I think that's sort of a no brainer situation that in the world that we live in, that it not only should there be a second edition, but to, to have that as like highlighted is like, obviously that is something that I think is very important and needed and excited about. So thank you, Larry, for bringing this to the table. You're welcome. All right. So Ellen, that brings us to your number two.
1: My number two project is called uh, prologues, TTRPG character creation game. Um, it's on the game crafter. I had not heard much about this until recently. Actually, I, like to go through every week on self-promo Saturday in the TTRPG space on Twitter and like, see what new projects are out. And so this one caught my eye. Um, It's a a session zero character creation game. So I know there are others like that out there. This one is specific to, um, you can see some of the cards on the actual site. Uh, It has like plus one dexterity or like minus one constitution as examples. And they have like little blurbs on them. So you will actually go through this paper game board and uh, play through character creation. And so this could be really interesting if you don't have a clear idea of what you want your next character to be. Or maybe, like, you're tired of creating the same type of character over and over again. And you want to, like, give a little bit of randomness to it. And um, uh, they specifically mentioned that it's a paper game board, so it can be augmented by future releases. So that would be available for... Um, you know, anyone who purchased the game at the current level. Um, so this uh, campaign ends April 23rd. The creator uh, is at Prologs d on Twitter. Um, I uh, looked through, and it seems like they've had one successful board game TTRPG project in the past, so this isn't their first go. Uh, they, this is interesting. On the Game Crafter, it's a crowd sale, technically, so there is no goal every additional sale uh, lowers the total price that you end up paying. So the more people who buy, the cheaper it is. And at the current price, it's $22.63. So the original price was $25. And if they get, you know, 100 people, it'll be under uh, $20 for the final backing. Mm-hmm. So that's a it's a cool uh, little system there that uh, is a little different than what you see in other places. It is. Um, so currently they have funded uh, just over $200. Um, notable stretch goals include um, updating the game board. Like I said, it's paper, so um, that is something that can be uh, printed out and added to the game board that comes with it. Um, and additional rule sets, like I said, available to backers at no additional cost. So that's a very nice... Uh, thing. You only have to pay up front and you can get the updates later for free. Uh, So currently it's $22. Expected delivery date is July 26th of this year. Um, So that's, it's pretty soon. You don't have to wait long for it. Uh, I like the look of the cards. I like these kinds of games. I'm personally trying to create a, not similar because it's Not based in dice and not based on a board, but um, another indie TTRPG for like character creation and like um, character study type thing. So anything that um, delves into this uh, aspect of TTRPGs is very interesting to me. So I have backed it and I am interested to see what I get and to use it. It's specifically for 5e, I will say that. Um, okay. It doesn't say 5e on the site, but I checked their Twitter, and it does say that it is for 5e. Um,
0: we here at the RPG Academy are very uh, fond of the quote-unquote Session Zero. Ding, take a drink. Uh, so, yeah, we are big proponents that uh, that a successful and good Session Zero can make the games and your campaigns so much better. So, yeah, anything that is a support of that, we would also support as well.
2: I wasn't aware of this uh, platform here, this uh, Game Crafter. So, yeah, this is definitely something I'm going to take a look uh, at second. But that's a neat way to, like I said, gamify character creation. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, my my only experience and understanding of Game Crafter is it's like if you are someone who's in the, into the game design space, that this is a place where you can go to get your components for like prototypes made. That, that's my understanding of the, the site. So this is the first time I've ever seen them use as a space to fund game creation itself. So I don't know if this is new or if I'm just new to it, which possibly possibly without my ignorance. But yeah, I'm not familiar with it in this aspect.
1: I think it is newer for them. I have uh, used Game Crafter before in purchasing a physical copy of a game, like, uh, like a card deck game. Um, mm-hmm. So they do fulfillment um, of, like, small creators' games. They do printing and fulfillment as well. So that's oh, okay. it's it's very uh, useful little um, platform for uh, indie creators.
0: Very, very cool. Well, thank you again for bringing this to our attention. Um, and then I will start on our, our last third round here. Uh, and for me, um, I'm looking at Mars's Magical Collection. So this was created by four random pixels. This is their second created, third back. Their second, their first actually was a campaign that failed to fund. They had a fantasy themed card game that just didn't get there. Uh, this one is currently two hundred and thirty nine percent funded. So it's again five hundred bucks on a goal of two seventeen. So very small, very reasonable. Uh, this product is a collection of over magic fifty magical items. Again, uh, designed for D anD D fifth edition. Uh, one of the things that I thought was pretty interesting is these items are categorized in five macro categories. So they, the little bit they talk about on, on their campaign is that the way that magic items are organized in the fifth and fifth edition book isn't very intuitive. I very much agree with that. So they're trying to make these a little bit more easy to navigate. So their macro categories are weapons, equipment, consumable, accessories, and specials. And then the pages themselves are color coded. So, on the basically the edges of each page as you flip through are color coded to help it make a little bit more sense. I think that's a very smart way to look at magic items. Um, they also have. Um, most of the items that are going to be in in this collection have two upgrade options that so you could pick or choose one of the two to sort of like upgrade them as you go, which either makes them a little bit more powerful. So as you level up, they you don't sort of leave them behind, or it could just completely change what um, they like what they do at the table. Like the the I'm struggling for the words here, but they basically completely change what they do. Or they could remove detriment. So it may be something like it does this, but there's a hindrance and the upgrades might remove the hindrances completely. Uh, They also have lore that comes with the items, which I'm a big fan of. It's only two bucks for the PDF digital version. And there's a $17 soft soft cover printed option. Again, that doesn't include shipping. Uh, their digital delivery is in August. The printed is supposed to be in October. So this, again, is very similar to sort of my first one. It's a very small feature. Uh, you know, I think a pretty smart first Kickstarter, not technically their first, but you know what I mean? Um, and again, I think this is something that would be very handy to have at the table. I know Tom is a huge fan of magic items at the table. He loves giving his players magical items, just throw them at them like as many as they can have because it does sort of change the flavor and tone of the game. So more magical items. So this is sort of my, my Tom, uh, campaign for this week so tom i hope you this is something that you will back sir because i know how much you love magic items and giving them to your friends at the table all right so larry ellen anything on this one from you this week
2: i have to say i really need to come up with a better appreciation for your frugality because you're finding these kickstarters for just a few dollars you're really getting a lot here and it's some I like, like you mentioned, the way they categorize stuff. It's like, yeah, okay, if I'm looking for this, I can find it easier here, especially color-coded and all. So, uh, you know, you've opened my eyes. (laughs) That has been something
0: I have sort of focused on as someone who who sometimes goes overboard on the crowdfunding. Again, spends a little bit too much. I have sort of made a point of trying to find some of these lower-dollar, but still, I think, high-value Things that you will actually use at your table and maybe highlight some of these smaller creators that are just getting into the space. I'm also, I'm very selfish when it comes to magic items. I'm known that I don't give very many out. So anything that can maybe help me change that a little bit, I'm also a fan of. So um, I again, I just was really impressed that I do think the magic items in 5th edition are not categorized well. I think it is difficult to often find what you want if you're trying to quickly at the table, like come up with something or maybe you throw something out, but then you like, okay, now I actually have to define what this is and i'm also a big fan of legacy type of items that grow in power with our with your players cuz that's one of my big frustrations about giving out magic items is that they can sort of fall away and become less important and i want magic items to be big freaking deals when you get something in my games it means a lot so to have the option of saying okay it means a lot now but it can continue to mean a lot as you level up and you're not going to have like a golf bag of oh <laughs> you know we're fighting werewolves you know, let me dig through and find the werewolf <laughs> item that we need. Oh, undead. Great. I got some. Let me find it. Something um, I, so something that kind of grows in power with you, I'm a fan of. So I thought this was a sort of a fun, but but small and reasonable, but useful product. So I was a fan of it. So hopefully, again, it's already well-funded. So we're going to see if they actually are able to complete and get to the ta- you know get to their backers what they say they will and I hope that they succeed at that.
1: I do too because I'm definitely going to I'm going to back this. Um I will just say I I agree. I love when items grow in power um because as a player I get attached to and like assign meaning to things that like are significant in the game. So like if you get a sword because you defeated the big lady of the lake monster, you want to keep that and remember yeah. that that battle and what it meant to you. Um, also, I will just say uh, the pixel art of it is very charming, and <laughs> mm. I like that a lot. So that, like, as soon as I clicked on it and saw it, I was like, I'm going to back this.
2: <laughs> very, very cool.
0: All right. So, Larry, what is your third for this week, please?
2: Well, I've, I just realized I've been doing a lot of repeat business here. These are all reprints or second editions. This is um, an expanded second edition for, um, Mythmere's tomb of adventure design. Uh, Matt Finch is the author behind this. He also did the, uh, redid the, uh, the Osric, uh, book that was a reorganization of the old first edition, AD and D stuff. He's also done swords and wizardry, um, and some other items. So he's, uh, he's got a lot of old school or the OSR type of experience here. Um, this uh book right now, again, is a redone, a second, uh, revised edition, sorry. Um, about 10 years ago, I think he said, uh, was the initial one. And a lot of people, it's got a lot of praise over the years for having uh, components in it that really help you build uh, adventures that, make sense and that escalate and uh, a lot of things are covered in there that really help you present a solid uh, adventure for one shots or for group play or for continuous play um right now this one is a little short there's only eight days to go on it now uh, april 19th is its funding uh closing date there it's uh almost got 2000 backers. It's sitting just shy of $88,600. Uh it had a goal of 15,000. Um, I I think it funded just in an, in an, an hour and a half. So this was if you're looking for this sort of thing, this this is really uh very popular in in that group there. Um this is a comprehensive tome for designing campaigns and dungeons and adventures. So he does cover a lot of 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 different parts of an adventure so it's not just you know for cities or for dungeons and again there are many blurbs on here from you know questing beast has praise for it uh, several james spawn who's another uh, big uh, producer of sort of old school games with his uh, with his the games that he's put out sorry um, the biggest thing aside from the revisions that he's put in through here uh, he's got something called the uh, <laughs> this is a new one for me the up Apophenia uh, engine and every page has got uh, in the margins has got just a random selection of different words and little micro prompts is what he's calling them. And it's on, and and there's either hundreds or thousands of them throughout this book because it's on every page and it's supposed to Uh, He said, scientifically speaking, if something like that in the margin, it helps do little micro connections in your head while you're reading for different prompts. So you might have something over here about a fisherman and then over here on the other side is like a. I don't know, a blazing sun or whatever. And somehow when you see those and you're going through your adventure prompts, it'll help you make some other weird connections that, you know, sort of jump out at you. So aside from going through with your basics of adventure design, having goals in there, trying to set up challenges, not just encounters, but different challenges, environmental and things of that nature, he's also got this other layer to sort of help you subconsciously work through putting in a different spin on things, as you know, these little micro pumps are. That's the you know the idea of of putting them in there. And I do have the original book, which the that little Ap- apophenia engine is something completely new for this. And the original book, which I think it does say, printed in 2008 or 2009 when it came out. This one's over 500 pages, um, which I know just being bigger doesn't necessarily mean it's better, but it has been redone. and in that time period, you've, you've had a lot of different changes in the gaming industry, and a lot of that's been put forward into helping streamline the system of which you know it goes through to help you build your your adventures. Um, there is some downloadable uh, samples if you want to go ahead and take a look and see a little bit of a glimpse of what you're getting. The PDF version, if you just want to go that route, um, is going to be $20 here, fulfilled through RPG, uh, drive Through RPG. It's going to be $50 for the hardcover book, and you'll also get the um, PDF version with that. Now, this is going to no. – I'm sorry. Comment?
0: No, no. I was just like I, – i I'm a fan of the when you get the book, you get the mm-hmm. PDF too. Yes. You know – At this point, so many things that I do back or get online are are PDF or digital only. I have this huge collection of PDFs that will probably never actually get around to using. But I do think that if you buy a book, you should get the PDF. I think it should be included. Sorry, I just think that's something that more people should do. So I was a fan. No, I always
2: appreciate that as well. Yes, like-minded individuals here. Uh, But (laughs) uh, with it being over 500 pages of content, he did say whenever they sell out this print run, uh, when this funding's done, they're going to print so many, it's going to have the – is it Smythe's own binding or Smith's own binding? Um, whenever they finish out with these, they're going to hand over it to a, a print on demand after they're sold out. And if they do it, when it goes over to the print on demand, it's, it's a large book. And he said at that point, it's going to be split into two different print on demand books because uh, it just wouldn't handle the uh, binding the way that they do those. Um, Estimated. That's a big book. Yeah. Estimated delivery on this is November, 2022. um, And the printing is going to be done uh, in the U S. So um I, I'm a fan of the book. I like I've read several articles that Matt's written about relating, you know, if you want to try old school gaming, this is a good way to do it, but be prepared if you're coming from like fifth edition or some other games like that, these are some differences you're gonna have to look out for and try to embrace them and not fight them. So I mm-hmm. I, I do like his the way he goes about things. I, um I think he's a lawyer by trade, but he does a I think he does a good job in his writing of explaining things in a good way and with examples that are not hard to grasp grasp so as far as getting a book to learn from I'm I'm looking forward to this one and I I uh I put it right up there with any of your other cobalt girl guides to world building things of that nature that you know are are popular because they are good um that's I think uh Really, all I've got, in there's 400 random generation tables along with this in, in here as well. You can order extra copies if you want. It's $50 for the first one, $48 for uh, an additional copy. I mean, it's not cheap, but it's a large book you're getting here.
0: Yeah, $500 is huge. Maybe unnecessarily so, someone would say. But I do actually really think this, uh, I'm actually intrigued by this whole all these different props in the margins and how that can connect. And and as, as someone who DMs a lot, and I sometimes find inspiration in the weirdest places, just sometimes like a, a jingle, a commercial, uh, you know, a, an image that I just see can just inspire me in some ways that I don't always understand how that gets to me to where I get to. So I'm actually pretty intrigued by this, again, this apophenia sort of thing that they are talking about. So yeah, I'm actually very intrigued by and impressed by the idea of these random words in all the margins, and because I do think that could be very helpful, uh, maybe maybe more so than it seems like it should, like the you know the sum is greater than parts type of a thing. Uh, yeah, I'm, in, I'm intrigued and impressed by a,
2: that. A little note about shipping here. Um, he's going to do the shipping as an after fact, and he's going to wait until they have been printed, again, estimate estimated for october maybe november of this year they'll send the ship shipping surveys out and charge shipping at that point so you know, we will see what really? shipping sits then
1: this book is really cool um, and huge <laughs> yeah it's huge yeah for like 50 dollars for over 500 pages like that's that just in and of itself like as we said you know quantity doesn't indicate quality but since you have the original version and you said that it is of high quality it's nice like it yeah yeah it could um that can only be a positive thing especially because there's so many um additional like generation tables like um like random items random whatever you need so that's very cool Gobs
2: of those yeah th- this is one i, I cannot find my uh, my f- my first edition Um, I don't know where it went to, but I I do remember using that because I'm so far I've only run a couple of campaigns for my group. Uh, I just started uh, last year, so I'm really not brave enough to try to do a bunch of homebrew stuff. But it had a lot of good information in it. But uh, man, I'm I'm not looking forward to what the shipping on a 500 page book like this is going to be.
1: Yeah, that's probably true. But
2: I mean, ideally they do mention down there with the binding uh, the way it's. the Smythe Binding, they go into some detail on how that works. And the idea is to make this sort of a book that's going to last for not only years, but maybe generations, you know, to pass it down. Oh. So, I mean, it's sturdy is the goal. That'd be nice. Is the
1: goal. Very cool.
2: Um, yeah. You know, one thing surprised me is when you mentioned the uh, the one that's being funded over on uh, Peg's own website there, mm-hmm. it reminded me, like, was it the... Uh, I didn't go in on the Savage Pathfinder because I still didn't understand why. But uh, I know they're Deadlands. I went in on the last Deadlands one and I mm-hmm. got like a box this big and it's just chock full ah. of stuff.
1: Yeah, I have my I have my Deadlands box down here actually.
2: Oh, they they definitely don't short you on what you get for your money. Oh no. I mean geez.
0: Absolutely not. So if you know mind, Ellen, what is your third for this week?
1: My third for this week is something I am I've been excited, as you could probably tell, about all of the projects I've brought to the table, but I'm really excited about this one because uh this is something that just hits all of my like Aesthetic buttons, like, uh, this is, it's called the Archon Ruins. It is through Itch funding, so it is a tiny, um, one-person, uh, creator, um, on itch.io. It's a micro setting that is system agnostic, so you could use it with your favorite system. This, the thing that drew me to it is the art. I included a picture in our little document so you guys could look. But the art is just so vibrant and evocative, and it's this, uh, big hex map of, an ancient desert that is, uh, has, uh, magic crystals that are very precarious to mine out of. And so the idea behind it is it'll be, um, adventure prompts and, um, enemies and items and all that that comes with a setting, um, that is a fantasy setting that's very alien to our own world. It gives me kind of some of the, you can see, like, um mechanical creatures there. They, they're they called potkins, and they're actually made of clay, like, pots. Uh, but they give me kind of a uh, Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild feel with, like, the teal eye um, motif everywhere. It's very cool. Um, I have a special place in my heart for Itch Games because they are usually um, passion projects from very small creators who are just doing all the work themselves. So this individual is drawing everything, creating all of the text and putting everything into it. And so um, I will give you the uh, the cost up front because it's itch funding right now. The goal was $600. They have raised um, double that. Uh, and if you want to get it right now, it's normally $12, but it's $6 right now. It's on sale. So, like, even if you just don't intend to use it, like... Throwing $6 at a creator who is creating something very cool is uh, a feel-good activity. <laughs> um, or at least in my mind, it is. So, it's... Uh, playing contents include regional map of the desert, six isometric dungeons, a uh, bestiary with a bunch of monsters, NPCs to interact with, magical artifacts, and a random generator of potkins, which are these pot uh, creatures. Uh, so, this is a one-person team. Uh, they, Their name is uh, Alex... Damaseno, um, I probably butchered that. I'm sorry. Uh, at gnarled monster on Twitter, and actually, to get some of the information for this write up, I um, just added them. I replied on their tweet and was like, "Hey, uh, when is this? Once age funding over, what are your what's your planned delivery date, stuff like that?" And uh, he replied to me, and so like that's very accessible. If you have mm. questions about this project, you can go directly to the creator and ask. And that's that's something that you don't necessarily get from the bigger projects out there. Yeah,
0: I I agree. Again, I was muted for a little bit. But yeah, there's definitely some Legend of Zelda kind of vibes I'm getting from this as well. And one of the ones I covered recently was like very explicitly that. So I Mm -hmm. definitely have a fondness as well. I think this looks very cool.
1: Yeah. Um, I'm just, I'm incredibly excited about it because it's just, it looks so cool. Like I know that that's uh, not necessarily the most logical reason for wanting to back (laughs) something. But like the art is very... It's very charming. It's vibrant and it's evocative. So that there's a lot that can be, um, you can draw inspiration from if you are going to be running a game in this setting for your friends. Um, so
0: yeah, so they're currently at like just a little under thirteen hundred dollars, and then their stretch goal at eighteen hundred is an underworld map, which I think is very cool. Yes. Yeah.
1: Oh, I think that's awesome. That would be really cool if they could get there. Um, yes, and the expected delivery date is either. At the end of ITCH funding, which is in May 14th, uh, May 14th, or by the end of May. So depending on just creator schedules, because this is a one-person job. So, But either way, uh, you wouldn't have to wait very long. Um, They have... Oh, I will mention, um, the creator has other ITCH projects, uh, such as two zines called Beyond the Borderlands, and they have both... They're available on itch.io and they're fully complete. So this, there's not a real question of being able to finish a project. Um, so mm-hmm. I think that's a good uh, that exemplifies that this is already underway and um, will be able to be completed at the in the time frame that is given. So. Yeah. Um, Well, and also
0: include that with it being an itch is like, as soon as you buy it, you actually do get um, like a current version. Yes. So like there's a, there's an early draft and current sketches. So like the moment you buy, you do get something. It's just, it's not quite the completed version, but yeah. So there's no, there's like really no question about whether you're going to get something, but just hopefully it becomes bigger and better throughout the itch funding process.
1: Right. And so this is really like the one I'm most excited about because it's a small creator.
2: Very cool. All right. Larry, do you have anything on this one? Well, I mean, for the mentioning it, considering itself a micro setting, I mean, 20 to 40 pages here, that's, you can have a lot to work with. I'm, uh, I don't, Mm. you know, plus the art, of course. Yeah, it does draw you right in. It's definitely got a lot of characteristics to it. That's just like, that's cool. What is that? I want to find out more about that. Yeah, this is a neat one. All right, so now it's time to play our favorite game.
0: Uh, this is the Going Last Memorial Pickstarter. And what we're going to do here is we're going to pretend like we have all the imaginary money in the world that we, that we can use to back any of these projects at any level that we want. But in doing so, we then are siloed and we will never get access to any of the others, even if someone we know backs them. So this is pretty much an all or nothing sort of proposition. So Larry, I'm going to start with you. You have all the imaginary money in the world. Which of these campaigns are you going to pick start this week?
2: All right. Well, I th- I think it kind of might come across as a little bit of a heartbreaker because you had mentioned sort of the same thing with the uh, um, Savage Worlds being a great system that, that I've had fun every time I've played it. The thing is I just don't play it very much. But mm-hmm. the uh, Pinnacle Entertainment Group's crowdfunding uh Efforts here are going well, and I want to kick in on that because, wow, that's – I'm going to go ahead and uh, probably push in at the – was it $100 for the print deluxe uh, kit Mm -hmm. to get all of the um, Fantasy Companion and the cards and the little pawns and everything because – it's going to be a great system to use, and uh, fantasy being just sort of ubiquitous everywhere in role-playing games, it would be a great way to uh, try it with the, the way they set up their archetypes and uh, edges and whatnot. I mean, you're going to be able to make what you want. Um, yeah, I'm in. That's that's where I'm going to go ahead and put my money because this is going to be good. It's Guaranteed. Very cool.
0: Uh, I am torn by several of these, um, you know, the improv for gamers. If I had all the imaginary money, I'd throw just a bunch of money at that. So the people I know would get paid extra. That would be cool. Yes. DCC again. That was one of the ones I was probably going to cover. If you didn't, I have several of those adventures I've just picked up over the years, but I do like the collected version. I think that would be very cool as well. Again, I love Savage Worlds. Every time I play it, I have fun. If I had more Savage World stuff, maybe I would play it more. But I think if push comes to shove, I would actually go with that Tome of Adventure Design only because that's not something I probably normally would back. But I think it would be cool to have in 50 bucks. It's, it's a lot for a hard bag, but it's 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 a big book. So it's probably something I wouldn't back otherwise. So I think that's what I would do. I would just do the printed version of that Tome of Adventure Design. All right, so Ellen, so it's your turn. This is your first time playing the game. So again, so just a reminder, so you have all the imaginary men in the world. You can back anything you want at any level you want, but you do not get to play any of the others
1: ever <laughs> again. Uh, my head says Savage Worlds Fantasy Companion, but my heart yep. says Archon Ruins. <laughs> um, and like, I would, given enough time and dedication, I would be able to recreate the things from the Fantasy Companion because mm-hmm. of my own background with Savage Worlds. Knowing the system and how to create things for the system. So I could do that on my own. It would be a stretch. Right <laughs> but yeah. like, so I could live without it even though it would hurt. But like, <laughs> Arkham Ruins is such a like a... It's a cool idea coming from a, a creator's perspective that I, I don't possess. So like, this is this is a micro setting... System Agnostic, I can use it with Savage Worlds, I can use it with 5e, um, which are my two big systems, um, and just the point of view that you get from a, another creator is not something that you can replicate. Like, right. mechanics, you can replicate, but, um, the actual story and, uh you know, passion behind a project like this is not something that can be replicated. So I would, if I had all the imaginary money in the world, I would absolutely, uh, you know, pay Gnarled Monster uh, to create more, more settings like this and make it a huge, huge uh, world setting, that sort of thing.
0: Very, very cool. I, just, I wish we actually had the imaginary money. I know. So where's,
1: nice. the, where's the funding? Yeah, I know. Those indie podcast
0: dollars. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, they're rolling in a hand
1: over fist. All
0: right. Well, thank you both, as always, for hanging out with me today. I really appreciate it. Hopefully you, dear listener, have found at least a couple of campaigns that you were interested in. Maybe you support them or not. But if you do, please let them know that you heard about them from us, assuming that is actually the case. Uh, so, there will be links in the show notes to all of our Twitter so you can get a hold of us. Any projects we're working on, they'll have links as well. And then all nine of the campaigns will be covered to make it as easy as possible for you to go uh, check out. If you do back them again, please throw a comment either in the comment section or you know directly uh, touch to the creator let them know that you heard about it from us it kind of helps our show grow and become a little bit more important in this space um, so I will just say quickly it's because it's somewhat related I did announce yesterday I've finally put up the artwork I've been going back and forth with j dot they have done all the art for a catacomb from the very beginning um, and are even our logo the RPG Academy so the Kickstarter for a catacon is going to be on August 16th And our logo this year is very much an X-Men-inspired vulture versus dragon. If you know anything about a catacomb, that makes sense. If not, it doesn't. But it's very cool-looking. So the Kickstarter for a catacomb is going to come out on August 16th. So, woman, last time around the horn, Larry, where can people find you if they want to come yell at you for your wrong bad opinions?
2: Uh, On an anchor cast called Mumfrey's Musings, I... uh... Relate whatever our weekly adventures had been in my 5e Curse of Strahd campaign that I'm currently in. And also um, Mumfrey999 on Twitter.
0: Excellent. And then Ellen, if people want to come chat with you about uh, recommendations for other itch funding, where can they go?
1: At Ellen underscore Delina on Twitter. um, That's where you can find me. I have two podcasts that you can find the link to on my Twitter um, that I'm not currently uh, updating because of time. But that's another story. I just want to say one shout out to a funding opportunity that starts on the 12th, which so I didn't have the full details because it's not out yet. Uh, There's a game called Parslings that is going to be coming out that I have been following for a couple months. It's going to be a deck building game that is very based in like uh, words and semantics, and it seems really cool. It's Mm. uh, going to be a TTRPG game, and I look forward to it. So if I get to come on again and it falls in the time frame, then... Uh, Perfect. If not, I recommend one of you pick it up and uh, take a look at it and recommend it to people. Excellent.
0: Well, again, thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you had a wonderful time. We did, certainly. And uh, we look forward to, dear listener, you letting us know which one of these you would back. So, again, feel free. Again, you can do, you can play the Kickstarter game with us. Imagine you have all the imaginary world. Which one would you have backed? Please hit us up on Twitter, on Facebook. When we drop these episodes on our, pod, or our website, you can go there and comment. Let us know what you think. So with that, we're going to wrap things up, and we will see you in a couple weeks. But remember, if you're having fun. You're doing it right. Thanks for listening to the RPG Academy podcast. We do this show out of love for the hobby and the desire to be ambassadors, welcoming more people into this community. All of our website content will always be free to use and utilize, but there are expenses related to the show. And if you enjoy what we do here, then please consider supporting us in some way. You can do so as simply as rating or reviewing us on iTunes or your podcatcher of choice.